Episode number 21 of The Rental Realist. My name's Tyson Hill. In today's episode, I'm going to share my experiences with the worst tenant that I've ever had and how you can hopefully avoid having a tenant like I did. Okay, so a lot of years managing property. We're talking thousands of tenants. And who comes in ranked numero uno, number one of the all-time worst tenant that I've ever dealt with? Charles. We'll call him Charles because that's his name. I'm not protecting this guy. Good old Charles. Now, bad tenants, man, they can make your life just miserable as a property manager and as a landlord. Uh, even more so as a landlord in some cases, because usually tenants who are a problem, they're costing you money, they're costing you sleep at night. It just makes the whole owning rental property experience not a good one. Uh, and that's where, you know, I've harped on this so much where, you know, when things go wrong, the easy thing to do is like, ah, I'm out of here. I can't do this anymore. And Bad tenants, those seem to be the number one culprits of, of causing issues in somebody's long-term rental property plan. So, Charles, let me let me introduce you to Charles. So, a few years ago, I picked up a fourplex, uh, managing a fourplex, and kudos to the owner. He had somehow managed to uh, manage his property from out of state for several years, and I think he got to a point where he couldn't do it anymore, didn't want to do it anymore, and he called me. So I inherited Charles, this wonderful tenant. And so as I'm introducing myself to the tenants of this fourplex, uh, right off the bat, they start complaining about one another. Um, they're, one of the neighbors is like, you know, Charles is causing problems. I can't stand him, this and that, whole list of things. I go meet Charles. Charles is complaining about the neighbors. They're complaining about him. And at this point, I don't know who to believe. It's It's a lot like... Uh, if you have kids, uh, I'll just share a quick example just to illustrate what this is like. Just the other day, my kids come up and they're trying to tattle on each other. They're playing a video game together and they're trying to tell me what the other one's doing and what they're doing. And it got to a point where I'm like, I, I don't even know what you guys are talking about, but let's just let's just make it real simple. Either get along or nobody plays video games. And so with these tenants... That's essentially what I had to do is just basically say, hey, either you guys get along or I'll get rid of both of you type thing because it really turns into an adult babysitting situation with the finger pointing and the he said, she said stuff. But as time would prove, I started to recognize after a couple months that Charles was indeed the problem in this situation. Uh, he wasn't paying rent on time. He was late. He always had a million excuses. Uh, just everything was difficult with this guy. Uh, complaining about everything, not paying rent. I mean, just just everything. Now, when I took over this property, I was trying to give this owner a good, positive experience, a consistent experience. He'd already had a couple turnovers, so I was I was you know trying to see if I could right the ship of Charles. Um, it finally got to a point where I just had had enough. It was just wasn't worth it. I called the owner. I said, look. We got to cut this guy loose. He hasn't paid rent. Let's just stick to our guns. Um, set a court date. Let's get rid of him. He, he's causing problems. And what's going to end up happening is, especially when you when you own like a fourplex and you have tenants who are very close to one another, 
you don't want one bad tenant running off your good tenants. And by this point, it was clear who the problem was. So I said, let's get rid of the problem so that we don't lose the good tenants that we actually value. So we set the court date for eviction. And in the state of Arizona, what happens is well, we're forced to use an attorney. So I file all the paperwork with the attorney's office. And what they do, I don't even have to go down to the courthouse. They go down there um, 99% of the time, even if a, the tenant shows up. They, you know, it's pretty clear cut. They didn't pay rent. They admit it. You get a judgment. It, it's pretty easy. Every once in a while, you get a tenant who will actually dispute it. And at that point, they set a new court date. And then I have to go down uh, to the courthouse and be a part of that process. So, of course, Charles doesn't take the easy route. He disputes it, even though there's no way he could prove that he paid any rent. Uh, but he had some fake receipts, tried to show the judge that he paid rent. So we set a new court date to where I needed to be there. Now let's fast forward to the morning of the court date. I get a text message in the wee hours of the morning. I don't know. The sun was just coming up. It was probably like 530 or something. And Charles sends a picture of himself, like a, like a selfie, very close up. And there's a cut on his forehead and blood running down his face. And so as soon as I see that, I'm just like, oh, geez, what, what is this going to be about? And then I read the text that, that followed, and he said he was up late moving, and on, he was on an upstairs unit. And on that staircase, there was a step that wasn't completely flush with the other steps that I wasn't even aware of at the time. And he claimed that he fell down and hurt himself and had to go to the hospital. And then following the, the, the picture of him bleeding and the, uh, uh, the text message explaining what happened, he also sent a, a picture of his wrist with the you know, hospital information when he checked in to the ER. As the owner of a property management company, that's not a good feeling. Even though I know he was, I mean, there was no doubt in my mind he didn't make this whole thing up just because my experience with him. But when you own a company or even rental property, that's not a good feeling when somebody's alluding to the fact that they're going to sue you. Because um, even if you did nothing wrong and somebody wants to go to the lengths of sue, you still have to defend yourself. It's still going to be expensive. And, you know, when I read that text and saw that, I'm just like, you've got to be kidding me right now. And what was so frustrating too is, you know, I, I've been doing this a long time. I've screened thousands of tenants. You know, I avoid these type of situations. I, I've gotten pretty good at, at screening tenants and making sure I'm putting good, the most quality people possible into my properties. And so, you know, you have that moment of frustration where you're like, I didn't even rent to this guy. And now I'm stuck in the crosshairs of all this kind of stuff. And so, yeah, it, it, does, it didn't feel good. Didn't feel good at all, but we had court date that morning. So I don't even respond because I'm not even going to give him the, the, the pleasure or the benefit of, of me saying anything. I just ignore it. I'm like, yeah, we got a court date at 1030 this morning. I'm just going to let it roll out. Well, a couple hours go by, and because I didn't respond, he texts me again. This time he's asking for money. He wants money out of the owner. And so I'm like, oh, here we go. That was quick. You know, trying, trying to get a payday here. So I don't respond, of course, and just proceed with my day. And so I walk into the courtroom a few minutes early and I sit down 
I don't see Charles yet. And then all of a sudden, I see this guy walking in. And it's our buddy Charles. And I'm just like, you have got to be kidding me right now. So he walks in. And he's got a neck brace on, first of all. Neck brace. You know, the typical I'm injured uh, signal, I guess you could say. And he's wearing... You know the the hospital gown that you get when you go to the hospital? He's wearing that like he had just left the hospital for his court date. And those hospital gowns, they have no back. You just tie them. So as he's walking in and he walks past me, I see his bare back because he's wearing this, this hospital gown. Luckily, he had some pants on, but I was just like, Wow. I can't even believe this is happening. And he's got a big old bandage on his head. And, you know, he tries to to use that, you know, when we get called up in front of the judge, he's trying to use that to his, you know, advantage, thinking that somehow he would, that would cause some sympathy with the judge or something like that. Well, judge doesn't buy it. We obtain the judgment as expected. And I don't even want to deal with this guy. So I'm like, I, I just bolt. I walk out. I'm just going to get in my car. And all of a sudden, you know, this guy who was limping, literally limping into the courthouse is in a full sprint trying to catch me, you know, and I'm getting in my car and he's yelling at me saying, oh, I'm going to sue you. You'll see my attorneys are going to contact you. And I'm just like, OK, Charles, you know, do do what you got to do. And I, I take off and then I, I call my attorney and say, hey, uh, just can you note how fast he was running? Because it was very clear that he was not injured. Because if you would have saw him walk into the courtroom, you, you would have thought this guy was hurt pretty bad. But the story doesn't end here. I end up getting calls from attorney different attorney offices for several months. And what they're basically trying to do is get the owner's insurance information or our insurance information to try to just get a settlement out of court. I don't think they would have ever, ever taken a case like this and sued us. I knew he didn't have any money to legitimately sue us. But every time those calls came in, it, you know, it makes you a little bit nervous because, you know, I've built a business and a reputation and some idiot is literally, literally trying to take it down by being dishonest and deceitful. And just being who I am, you know, I'm a worrier. I worry about things. I like things to be in control. I don't like the unknown. And when you have somebody who's trying to claim an injury, you know, and I've built a business and a reputation and, and to think that somebody through just being dishonest could take that away or take that down, you know, it just leaves you feeling really uneasy. And, you know, a lot of, you know, nights where you're trying to go to sleep and I'm thinking about it. And of course, you know, once the dust settled and I knew nothing was going to come of it, I felt a lot better. But this was by far and away the worst tenant that I ever had. And there's so many little other, you know, stories that probably supplement this, uh, all the, just the daily nonsense that I had to deal with this guy. But this was absolutely the worst tenant that I ever had. So what can be learned from this story or a tenant like this? I think first and foremost, if you own property, especially if you own a lot of property, you're going to have these situations come up at some point, even you know if you do a really good job of screening tenants. Every once in a while, you get somebody like this who's just difficult, who's just going to make your life miserable. And so you know, just understanding and knowing that, hey, this, this stuff could happen, but just having a plan of action to deal with it. And my 
you know, a mistake that I made. And this was just because I was trying to create some consistency for this owner. The reality is when you have a problem, cut the problem quick. Don't deal with them. Like just get rid of them absolutely as fast as you can. The faster you get rid of them, the better off your property is going to be and your sanity and your, you know, everything's going to go better. You're going to enjoy your rental property again. But as long as you're dealing with somebody like this, and I can't tell you how many, you know, landlords deal with people like this for years that just, they're miserable people and they make the the landlord's life miserable. So if you got somebody like this, there's a lot of good people out there. There is no reason to put up with somebody like this. So cut your losses quickly. When you, when you identify a problem, get rid of the problem. Cause the truth is if, if, they're a problem tenant, they're always going to be a problem tenant. People don't change. You know, they are who they are. And once you identify that, get rid of them. Secondly, I think liability issues are are huge. So this step that was not perfectly even, I didn't know about it, but there's still, we can still learn something here. If you identify something on your property that could be a potential liability, take care of it. Just take care of it absolutely as quick as you can. Don't ever give a tenant a reason or a, an avenue to potentially sue you. Um, the big ones that I see, if you have two stories, like especially like on a fourplex, um, sometimes those steps can get a little uneven. So inspect them regularly, inspect them yearly, make sure that everything looks good. The other big one that I think a lot of people overlook is just like an uneven sidewalk or driveway. Like if you have a lip, like where you know it's settled a little bit and somebody could trip on it, um, that's, that's a big one that most people think it's not a big deal. But if somebody trips and hurts themselves, guaranteed they're going to be looking for a handout. So, you know, and you can get those ground down like a concrete grinder and just get those flushed to where, you know, they're not going to trip or anything like that. But yeah, those are, those are the things that I would recommend is just, you know, look for, just look for things like that. And I've been trained by my dad who has the best eye for, for liability situations. And so I'm always looking out for that kind of stuff. But if you're, if you're not that way, you know, when you're inspecting your property, look at it that way. Say like, where, what am I missing here? Where are my blind spots? And just think, put yourself in that kind of mode and and look, okay, where, where could I potentially get sued if somebody got hurt? What am I not doing? Or what could I do to make this, you know, property better to eliminate those type of things? And the third lesson I think you can learn here is just how crucial tenant screening is. You know, don't take chances on people. Unless you're in a really, really tough market, just don't take chances on people. Be patient. Get the right person in there. You know, there's a lot of you know signs you can see early on of, of how a tenant's going to be. And one of the best ones is if you're showing a property and they're already complaining about things, but then they want to rent it, don't rent to them. You know, if they're already complaining, they're already telling you that they're going to be difficult. Uh, you know, pass on those kind of people. Rent to the right people that, that are going to make your life better, not make it worse. And that's probably the third thing I think you could take from this. So there you have it. The worst tenant I've ever had. I've got a lot of other ones too, but man, that one was number one. Uh, he made my life miserable for a couple of weeks there. So hope you enjoyed this one and we will see you on the next one. Say another deal, but you 